0: This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this. Hi everyone and welcome to Vocal Perspective. This is Amanda here today without my co-host, but I have a very special guest today, Tina Fries-Ronsfeld. You may know her from Posture or as the co-conductor of Vocal Line. And she's also the producer of Aarhus and she's just generally all around musician, educator, very busy lady as we were just discussing. Hi, Tina, how are you?
1: Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine. (laughs) Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Oh, of course, you know, it's now everything is. Is virtual but it's always nice to be able to
1: talk to people
0: from very far away and also I haven't seen you in quite some time so it's nice to
1: see your face and
0: hear your voice. I'm also really happy to
1: reconnect with you Amanda.
0: Yay. So usually we start with just how did you get involved in a cappella? How did your interest spark and you get to where you are now?
1: Well, I grew up in the countryside in Denmark and I grew up in a small village with more cows than people, I think. <laughs> and my dad, mom and dad, they didn't really have an education and uh, we had, we didn't have so much money, but we had an old piano. And I basically spent most of my time sitting by this piano or going to the library and reading books. And one of my favorite books was the stories by Hans Christian Andersen. And those, are one of my very favorite stories was the one about the flying trunk. I don't know if you know it, but it's a story about someone who has a magic trunk that can take him anywhere in the world. He can just fly away. <laughs> and, uh, and for me, that was an amazing uh, thought to be able to just fly away and meet people and make music with people. So I started in the school choir and there I could fly away into music. And on the top of most of the sheet music, there was a certain name. And I started noticing, huh, here he is again, this arranger. And he is called Jens Johansen, And I think you can say that he's kind of the Deke Sharon of Europe or at least Denmark. I think that's fair. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And so his name was everywhere. And I kind of grew up with Jens' vocal arrangements from children's choirs all the way through high school. And then when I was around 21, I think, then my dream came true that I could join Vocaline as a first soprano. So
0: let's start with Vocaline, because I think that was how I was first introduced to you and then got to see the wide breadth of what you do. So Vocaline is a little different from what we're used to as an a cappella group. So can you tell us a little bit about the group?
1: Well, I think. you can see it as a a mixture of the form of a classical church choir and an a cappella group. So it's kind of an XXL vocal group, where instead of having just one lead singer, then you have a section of singers who carry the melody. You have lots of background voices, so you can make very complex arrangements, more like in a symphonic style, even though it's pop music. And uh, with many layers, you don't only have one bass singer, you have a whole section of bass singers with microphones. So you can have polyphonic bass lines and polyphonic beatbox. And well, everything can be polyphonic if you want it to be. <laughs> and uh, what is also special about vocal line and the tradition that has arrived with uh, vocal line or evolved around vocal line is a cappella music or choir music as not only art or popular as some kind of artistic, popular music. Uh, I agree.
0: That sounds exactly, that's right on the nose for me, at least my experience watching and listening to Vocal Line. It's a very unique experience, I think, not only because it's a larger choir, a larger set of voices, but also you never just do a straight up cover of a pop song. There's always, yeah, it does feel like art. What we
1: try to do is to create emotional landscapes and to offer new perspectives on songs that some people know and also sometimes to present people, to introduce people to songs that they don't know and find ways where we can bring out the best in the voices. So it's not so much about imitating instruments or showcasing the skills of the singers, how how amazingly the soprano kissing or the bass, how low the bass can sing. It's kind of in the background. What we want to do is to bring out the stories and the emotions of the songs. And we try to do that with kind of a different approach to arranging and also with educating our singers in, you know, how they can use their voice, but also in their knowledge about music. So they know their own role in within the group. And
0: aside from cover songs, you've also been involved in lots of original music with this group and with your smaller group. How does that fit in with your repertoire and where do those come from?
1: Well, in in Vocal Line, we only rarely sing original music, only when we are kind of invited to do so with them. Like once we worked together with Bob McFerrin and on his uh, Vocabulary's album. But with Posture is a group, a smaller group of five singers that we started about 11 years ago at that time almost all of us were members of vocal line and i guess we had we felt like we were living in this uh, cruise ship this vocal liner <laughs> where anything is possible you just have it all but the thing about a cruise ship is also that you can't really change direction very fast once it's set out right. on a the course then it can it can change course but it takes a while and we wanted to create a speedboat and so we started Pustur, the speedboat. We didn't have all these the same options as we had with Vocal Line, but we could be fast and we wanted to write our own music because most of us already wrote our own music and we were kind of wondering how come almost all a cappella, at least at that time, almost all was cover music? Yeah. Couldn't we, wouldn't it be interesting if we could write songs about our own lives and create something? That was special. And then the whole electronic part of came out of a curiosity about these at that time new options with the with a loop station and, and so, but also kind of came out, you know, we were so used to having all these wonderful options in vocal line with many layers. And it was also kind of boring just to sing do do you know, forever and ever throughout the whole song in teardrop or or whatever, you know. So, So then we started experimenting or my colleague Christopher in particular started experimenting with electronic devices. Yeah. Which has become
0: much more popular now, but I think you all kind of pioneered that style. And I just remember seeing Christopher in... Boss, maybe? a Boss, yes. Well, I saw you first at the London Acapella Festival, and I was vigorously texting my team saying, yes, this group, this is it. They are coming to Boss. I have decided I don't care (laughs) what anyone else thinks, because the whole concept behind Boston Sings was innovation and creativity. And what else could we do? Not just how do we keep the status quo? And I just remember watching, and it was like having an acapella group with a DJ. It's just... It's a really interesting way to look at it. So using the looper and that style, did that influence how you wrote the music?
1: It did. To begin with, uh, we kind of just brought out the songs that we had already written or started to write new songs together in this uh, group and yeah, experimented with what was possible. But as Ting progressed, we, I mean, I also started understanding what what could be possible and sometimes christopher would show me this new thing he invented like when he found out how you can make arpeggios like very Mm -hmm. very fast arpeggios in octaves and stuff like that and from being inspired by that i wrote up for air and at a later point he found out how you can by singing only one note you can actually transpose that note to anywhere you want to so you can build chords and you can make the chords change even though it comes from just one sound and this this was kind of an at least an arranging idea behind the song called home so yeah the more and more knowing more about the options the possibilities the technology brings you definitely also inspires to making music but the most important thing I think is simply telling stories
0: Which you all do so, so well. So yeah, if anyone hasn't, I know it's going to be a while until we can see live music, but you are definitely a group that I, both groups actually, I encourage people to go and see live and in the meantime, go seek out lots of YouTube and your your albums because I think everyone has a lot to learn there, especially if they haven't seen you yet. (laughs) I know everyone that has is already a super fan here. So
1: (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm not sure if we're so good in in so me or if we are, I mean, so good in telling our story about what we do. I mean, we are so consumed in making the music and also the past couple of years consumed in building families. So that's (laughs) why we've also been a little bit, you know, taking it slow. But what has happened been behind the scenes the, the past two years is that we have composed I don't know 70 80 songs and out of those that big pool of songs we've selected I think eight or ten songs that we are now recording and making you know our small babies and uh, (laughs) two of them are now already released and then the next ones the the rest are on the way yes yeah
0: And we play them both. Uh, They are in rotation now on the station. So listen up and you'll hear them. And we'll also play a couple of songs uh, at the end of this interview, which I hope everyone's looking forward to. I am. I love hearing it every time I put it in, in the rotation. So let's also talk a little bit about Aarhus, which is sadly one of the only festivals in the world I have yet to go to. So 2021, here I come. Hopefully Americans are allowed in Europe by
1: then. Yes, <laughs> um. I hope so too. I, I count on it. I count on it. The world will, you know, have recovered. And that we can meet in Aarhus next year in May for the for the festival.
0: I hope so, because it's, it's on my bucket list. But tell us a little bit about the festival, because it is very different from, especially from an American festival standpoint. Just give us a little bit of a background and what the festival well, is like.
1: It's a it's a rather big festival with one about 1,000 participants. And besides that, there are also guests coming only dropping in for some concerts. But we have about 1,000 people coming from Denmark, from Germany, from the Netherlands, from Norway, but also from far away from the states last year we had a guest from new zealand people traveling from from everywhere to come to aarhus and why do they come we have concerts and that you can also hear in in many other places we have workshops that you that you can also experience in many other places we have competitions one for choirs and one for vocal groups we have group coachings all this is going on and then we have the food. I think it's, a, it's an underrated, but a big part of our festival is that the, a lot of several hundreds of the festival participants, they dine together for lunch and for dinner. We have this big hall where, where people can sit down and, and enjoy their meal. And over the table, conversation kicks off, starts. And this gives time for reflection and connection. So a big part of what we do is that we bring, we create a platform where the the professionals that you can see in concert, hear in concert in the evening, they connect with the amateur or the youngster or with the experienced teacher or whatever. Everyone can connect and you get a feeling that we are all here to learn. Absolutely.
0: And the United States is particularly enamored with all Scandinavian style of acapella, I think. I don't know of a, of a group that tours that we don't love here. What kind of music education is coming out of Denmark and Scandinavia as a whole that encourages this? I think, you know, not only is it high quality music, but it's very... You all go about it in a very creative way. How are you trained in
1: music? Well, I guess up? we all grew up building uh, Legos. We all grew <laughs> up playing Legos. That's a very, uh, I think, a, a toy that, that helped boost your creativity. But besides that, we are very fortunate to have a, a good education system in Denmark. And part of education is also musical education. So we even it doesn't even start in school. It starts in kindergarten. We have kindergarten music. Kindergarten. With a speciality in, with a profile in music, for instance. But then when you go on, then I would say the environment about the um, the conservatory in Aarhus and the university in Aarhus is very important. There is a man that I, if you don't know him, I think you should check him out. He's called Jim Dawes Yanu. He's a professor at the Royal Academy of Music in Aarhus and um, a leader of something called Rame Vocal Center, the Royal Academy of Music, Aarhus. Vocal Center. Uh, And uh, there he has, along with Peter Carlson, former member of the Wheel Group and, and others, he has founded an education for choir leaders where they work with what they call the Intelligent Choir. Right. And, uh, and maybe some of you have heard about it. I think in a way it's, it's a little bit offensive, right? To say, <laughs> Oh, let me introduce you to the intelligent choir. Because what is actually the opposite or, you know, but the point <laughs> here, the point here is that, that they don't just want to educate great choir leaders. They want to educate choir leaders that can also educate their singers. So the singers mm-hmm. are, have the knowledge to take responsibility for the music.
0: I think that's a that's a really important point for musicians to take responsibility for the music itself, because oftentimes they just want to show up and just sing whatever they know. Or, you know, we have a lot of issues here with people will show up to rehearsal expecting to be taught the music rather than experience the music and hone the music. Mm-hmm. So I think... Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with calling it the Intelligent
1: choir. It's <laughs> a so combination of the conservatory and the educations, and we have Vocaline, which is it belongs to the University of uh, Aarhus, of the musicology department where Jens uh, works. and uh, in vo- Vocaline has a 30-year history of having singers who are uh, students or former students at the conservatory or musicology who are music teachers, who are choir directors, and in 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 this greenhouse, things grow. In in the daytime, you're at the conservatory, learning about the intelligent choir and building your own voice. And in the evening, you're in the rehearsal with, with vocal line where you are listening to the others and learning from and making music. And then the next day, you have your own rehearsal with an amateur choir in the city where you get to try out all the things that you learned. When you combine all these things, then uh, you have some very, uh, very much alive.
0: It sounds like it. I wish I, well, hopefully I will be able to get over there and experience it. For myself at some point. But you are also very big into education and spreading music. What are some of the your favorite things to teach and work with people in workshops on?
1: Well, I'm uh, actually I'm not even a choir leader or conductor. <laughs> I just kind of learned it learned it by doing in vocal line. But what I did study was singing. So I have a master's degree in pop jazz singing. And that was kind of my approach to getting started doing workshops and teaching in the whole choral environment. It was to Mm -hmm. find ways where I could use the knowledge I have about the voice and how to teach singing in a one-on-one session and bring that Mm -hmm. into teaching groups. So, I mean, making a choir sound better simply because each and every singer sounds better yes yeah absolutely yeah so that is part of what i what i'm doing and what i've developed over the past i don't know eight ten years methods on how to yeah get teach people about singing even though and improve their own individual skills even though i don't have the opportunity to teach them one-on-one and another thing that i i love to do is to teach icebreakers and uh, i'm not sure how many people are familiar with this concept in the u.s but In Denmark, it is very popular. I wrote two books, collections of games and exercises that bring people together using music and movement and improvisation and, in a way, team-building communication Mm -hmm. exercises to bring people together while they also learn something very fundamental about music.
0: I think that's fantastic. We do have icebreakers here; they're they're part of the culture, but they're usually something that they do in like business meetings, and everybody kind of groans. And yeah. you know, it's like yeah. share something about yourself. But that sounds like a much more interesting way to bring people together, with you know, still being a little bit vulnerable, but not sharing anything personal. Which I think yeah, this is like. this
1: is different. I mean, I also know those kind of icebreakers where you kind of push people a little bit to go out of their comfort zone, and this is in a way the opposite. I would like to create so much comfort <laughs> to make it so comfortable <laughs> that people want to stay. Yeah. And a lot of the games, well, they actually train things like pulse and subdivisions and ear basic ear training, getting started with creating something, hearing mm-hmm. music inside your head. Well, it sounds a bit scary maybe, but, and we use the, the playful approach because when we do that, we can get that feeling of being in the flow. That I think people who, most people who listen to music or perform music themselves, they know this feeling of being in the flow. And uh, when you are there, your motivation is strong and you have a drive and you feel satisfied, you feel happy. And if we can create, if we can move people into that place where they are happy and they are rehearsing and building their musicianship at the same time, then we can actually make them rehearse longer.
0: Yeah. Anytime someone is having fun and is feeling comfortable, I mean, you can go on for hours. I-
1: so uh, so this is not some, something I invented. I simply put it into a book, again, along with my friend Christopher, because I'm a bit of a nerd. I like to write things down, you know, when I hear something interesting then I make a note about it. And uh, at some point I had so many notebooks filled with all these games that we thought, let's try to put it together in a book. So what we, we will
0: share links for anyone that wants to to look into this, because I think oftentimes, especially with singing, because it's just something your body can do naturally, I think people just kind of try to get better by doing, where sometimes a little bit of studying and reading actually can can help and go a long way. So. Yeah, it can. We
1: also have videos. For every game, there is a video. So you don't even... Oh my goodness. You see, You're we, just handing it to you us. You know, the, this pandemic where we can't really go and meet so many people, we, have, we also started doing webinars. So in August, there will also be the opportunity to join us online. And uh... yay. Well, we'll
0: make sure we link to all of that because it is, I've seen your work and I've seen your performance. And I think it's very valuable. And for people to have the opportunity to see you without having to wait for you to come to us or make it to you, uh, I think that's actually really special. And one of the benefits and the bonuses of this pandemic, we're constantly seeking for the bright side. Yeah. So speaking of, I know Europe is opening a little bit faster than the United States, but we're still kind of on a slow pace What is Posture and Vocaline doing to keep some kind of progress while we're waiting? Yeah, well, we've
1: been, like many others, we've been rehearsing online with Vocaline and and also with Posture. We've been meeting online and also since we are only a five-part group, we have had meetings and we've been in the studio and been doing things like that. With Vocaline, we also started rehearsing in real life together again uh, about two months ago. So we are now it's summer holidays, so now we're on a break, but we did have rehearsals together with distance but in the same room. Like most choirs in Denmark. This is where we are at the moment that this is possible. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I'm a little I bit know, jealous.
0: I, <laughs> I don't know when I'll see my choruses and my groups again, but uh.
1: But you have to think about it. Denmark is, is like a village. We are uh, I think we're like five and a half millions in total, spread in whole out country. over islands. And stuff like that. And at the moment, the last thing I heard is that we have in total in Denmark, 23 patients with COVID. My
0: entire state had more than that. (laughs)
1: So it is, it's a different situation. And even though I'm, uh, I'm happy that we can meet at a distance and that we can have rehearsals, uh, we can have maybe in September, we can start again with concerts with 50 people in the audience or 100 people in the audience, things like that, even though I'm happy about that, I am incredibly sad about how the perspective is around the world at the moment. Because another thing about living in a small country like Denmark is that the country is so small that we work internationally. So uh, I personally, I have many, many things that have been canceled and postponed for a long time. And I miss my friends and I miss my colleagues who live far away. And I follow them on on social media and can see the reality that they are facing. And yeah, it just crushes my heart. I think you can say. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think, yeah, we share that. I I just, I was for a while making a full time living out of music. And now it's kind of gone to halftime of what I can do from home. And that's just after working so hard, and it's very hard to explain to people that just have regular jobs after working so hard to build what it is that you know, professional musicians get to where they can provide for themselves, you know, something like this comes and just pulls the rug out from underneath you. And, you know, a lot of us are left saying, okay, now what? Now what do we do? So, I mean, I hope if America doesn't do anything, I hope at least the rest of the world can open up a little bit more and get back to normal a little bit faster.
1: And then maybe we'll catch up. I think, like you said before, I I know for some people, it might be very difficult to look and to find the bright side to all of this, mm-hmm. if you have lost friends and family. But for the rest of us, I think then it is our job to try to find the bright side, to try to find, seek out the opportunities and to use this time as best as we can to write songs, create music, meet online, share ideas, take the time to learn how to read sheet music if you can't do that or improve your your singing skills or figure something out that you want to figure out. A lot of people learn how to use Zoom. A lot of people learn how to make (laughs) recordings themselves and to make videos. And I'm just curious about you know when we will also start to see those videos being filled with songs that people wrote themselves maybe songs about how it feels to be inside your apartment for I don't know how many weeks and months. Absolutely. I think hopefully people are
0: inspired and we see some art come out of this tragedy. Well, Tina, we are just about out of time, but this has been so lovely for me personally to catch up with you, but also to be able to share all of the wonderful work that you do. And we will be playing a song and we'll also link to all of your wonderful projects that people need to check out in our show notes. So please do check everything out. And again, we really appreciate having you on the show.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to see you again and to talk to you. We'll see you
0: next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Ah, ee, 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 ee,
1: ee. They say it's a cold
0: place I see in gray with the wind that cuts through marrow and bone I've heard the earth cracks open wide before your eyes and might swallow you whole they say you can Get lost for days in landscapes of big emotions In the endless night where the sun doesn't care To crawl out of bed behind the ocean true slow break.